no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. It is a Super Bowl preview edition of First and Pod. I'm Danny Parkins. He's Andrew Filippone. We say every team, every game, every week. There is just one game with two teams. It's a rematch. It's incredibly exciting. Pony, let's start here. Who's going to win? I'm going to pick against the Chiefs again. No. I've done it every week on the podcast. Why oh, my stop? God. Why quit? Man, I have not talked to anybody in either the gambling space or just anecdotally who likes the who likes the 49ers and they're favored. So what's that all about? Have you? You hear people that like San Francisco, two and a half point favorite. I heard an argument today that the reason why they're favored is because the sports books have so much liability on 49ers futures bets to win the Super Bowl that were placed before the season started. Not sure about that, but that was an interesting theory. Yeah, I'm on the 49ers again. An anti-Chiefs bet for now the fourth straight week from yours truly. Wow. Um, I picked Chiefs and Lions before the year and then inexplicably when they were both in the championship games picked Ravens and Niners to win. Idiotic picks for championship Sunday. Um, I well, Those are my picks, my- Danny. So thank you for ripping the two teams that I picked that were going to win the game. I will go with my preseason pick of the Chiefs. I Listen, I think it is reductive to say Mahomes over Purdy, but that isn't the only thing. The Niners defense for six weeks has not looked good. And I think a huge part of it is the Hufanga injury. I think he is emerging into a superstar or was emerging into a So superstar. why don't you tell people who are not as boned up on the NFL as the two of us are? Because I think a lot of fans do know who he is, but I don't think he's a big enough household name where you just throw uh, a Polynesian name out there and people are like, oh, we know what that guy does. Well, I mean, he's, he, you he know, the, the, the Polamalu comp is sim- simplistic because of the Polynesian descent. But he's a do-everything safety who is impossible to game plan against because he freelances. And so he makes an impact against the run. He blitzes. And he's a complete ball hawk. He he has some Ed Reed in his game. He has some Polamalu in his game. And so if they are vulnerable against the pass, he plays more in coverage. If they're vulnerable against the run, he comes up into the box and plays more against the run. Uh, he he helps disguise their coverages a great deal. And I think that he would have, and I know they've been playing for a long time without him, and this is maybe a place that people would not expect us to start, but his replacements have been a rookie and a journeyman. Jair and, Brown from Penn right. State. And, and I think that given their investment on the defensive line, which we've talked about, in Hargrave and Armstead and then the trade for Chase Young, they haven't really gotten the production they've needed opposite of Bosa. If they had Hufanga, I think he would be the piece that would be helping that part of their defense. And because he isn't there, it's shocking given the draft capital and the actual capital, the money that they've used on that side of the football but their defense, I mean, the Packers ran all over them, should have scored more than they did. The Lions, both Montgomery and Gibbs, ran all over them. That game easily could have gone the other way. Obviously, the Ravens blew them out. The Chiefs have the better defense and the better quarterback in this game, not to mention Andy Reid, who I love Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan has has some very questionable big game moments. So you have to give the coaching edge to the Chiefs as well, especially when you factor in Spagnolo and Dave Tobe. The special teams advantage is pretty significantly 
in Kansas City's factor here. So the skill position talent is very heavily in the Niners' favor, but I actually think every other facet of the game, including coaching quarterback and defense, pretty big ones, tilts to the Chiefs. See, this is why doing this show with you is so much fun, but it's also so challenging. Is that a Corona light or a regular Corona? It's a regular Corona. Did you drop a lime in there? Or oh, is it I didn't. Lime? I don't. I don't have. I don't have a lime, so I'm just straight Corona tonight. In February, you're beautiful. Thank I, you. It's just such an odd drink choice for this time of year. I don't know what it's the weather was season. like in Chicago. You're talking Super Bowl. You're drinking beer. Coronas, bro. Where do you, we're not in we're not in uh, Cancun right now. You're in the Windy City. I mean, Relax. I would expect some kind of like stout. Like, do you have any Guinness in the house? Um, I'm not as much of a man as you are, Pony. But you were you were about to you were you were on the cusp of complimenting me. I think, and, and it was not it sip. was not page it was not patronizing whatsoever. I was going to say that the, the 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 beauty and challenge of doing the show with you is. Sometimes you give an answer and you get rolling and you say so many things that it like I have to figure out from what you said, what's the number one thing that I want to react to? Because there was a lot that you said there in that answer. Sorry. Um, no, it's it, it's it's fine. It 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 sounded, I think, maybe a little bit erudite at the beginning to like bring up a safety as a reason why San Francisco's defense is crumbled. You take away one piece, the Jenga thing collapses. But I lived this a couple of years ago. The Steelers had, and I'm not talking about Watt now because TJ Watt speaks for himself. He's one of the, he should be winning defensive player of the year right now, but he's getting robbed because this is the one award apparently where PFF matters. Now I'm going to go off on my own side tangent. Can I just for a second, PFF is not being used as a measuring sticker tool for any other award, but here it is for defensive player of the year. Which can we at least have, if, if we're going to cite their stats like we do war in baseball, can it be applied to everyone? Because if you do that, then Josh Allen would win the MVP over Lamar Jackson. And we know that's not happening because he had a better quarterback grade. But anyways, I digress. Um, I lived this back in 2021. The Steelers lost a guy named Tyson Alualu, who's just a nose tackle. He's not great. He's just a good player. But they didn't have a replacement, and he was their best guy inside against the run. And they went from, people know the Steelers, they're typically a very good defensive team. They were top 10 this year. They took him out, and they were the worst run defense in the league. They plummeted to 32nd. Sometimes a player is so valuable, so vital, so irreplaceable, and unless you follow that team every day, the, the outside world doesn't know that, but we've reached the, the point now where it's the Super Bowl and there's a magnifying glass on both of these teams, a microscope, if you will. And I think you're making a point now that I'm hearing a lot of other smart people make that this guy got subtracted from their defense and it completely changed. So I'm not sure how they get around that, uh, to be honest with you, in this game. Because Pacheco Pacheco did not run the ball well against Baltimore, but outside of that, he's been a force for the Chiefs in the playoffs in two out of the three games. The, 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 the one rebuttal I'll have is actually just to flip it. How confident are you that the Chiefs can stop the 49ers run game? Because the Ravens run game stopped itself in the AFC right. Championship game. The Chiefs didn't. The Ravens voluntarily decided that they didn't want to run the ball. And if you look at McCaffrey's touches in the two playoff games, they are feeding him. I think he's averaging 24 touches a game. The Chiefs were 18th against the run. And I don't see a whole lot of evidence that if that's what Kyle Shanahan does, if he just hands the ball to Christian McCaffrey a lot in this game, I'm really not confident that the Chiefs are going to be able to stop that. The Bills did it for most of the first half of that game two, or now three weeks ago. And they had a lot of success running the ball on the on the Chiefs. And now part of that was they had a running quarterback too. But Shanahan is such a smart offensive game planner and schemer, great run schemer, and he's got the best running back in the NFL at his disposal. No, I mean McCaffrey is a guy that if I was if I liked the Niners, I would be betting him for MVP because I don't really see a formula for the Niners to win without him having 150 yards from scrimmage and a couple of touchdowns. And I think that's obviously possible. 
But I, I think he has to have a massive game, and I completely agree that he's a matchup nightmare. But game script, man, like game flow, Chiefs get out to a lead, and if Purdy throws an interception, which it feels like he should have a few this postseason, and the Chiefs get to play from out in front by 10, 14 points, Shanahan is going to be in a tough spot, and will he repeat the mistake that Baltimore did of just abandoning the run game? Obviously, he shouldn't, but I do think that there is a scenario where the Chiefs are able to score against this Niners defense that has just not been good against good teams, and I didn't plan to bring this up as early as here, but like, I did not know about these Mahomes in a dome stat. Are you familiar with this? Mahomes in a dome. He's 11 and 0 with 26 touchdowns against two interceptions. Now he lost at Lucas Oil last year, but the roof was open. So there's a small caveat there. But this guy, when he gets to play, and he's he's 4 and 0 at Allegiant, the Raiders plays. When he gets to play on a fast track in a dome, He's even better than he's been. So I don't think that the Niners are, I don't think this is going to look like the AFC championship game where it's 17, 10. And, you know, I know the, the, the Ravens committed a few turnovers in the end zone and they still could have won the game, but that was a slug fest after the first quarter. I don't think that's what we're going to see here. I don't think the chiefs offense is going to struggle to move the ball or put it in the end zone. Wouldn't it be something if, it were flipped because what we're describing here, and I think I think it's I think it's the right um, I think it's the right narrative or storyline to 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 track and to point out leading into this game. What we're basically saying here is that the Chiefs are playing a lot better than the 49ers right now. Just to kind of to, to condense it into one sentence, that's what you're saying, and you're bringing uh, yes. up, you're yes, bringing up historical stats that also would. <laughs> would make you feel like not only have the Chiefs played better to this point in the playoffs, but there's good enough reason to think they will, it will continue to be the case uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. It's funny because I think that was the same conversation going into the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl. Like that game, what did Kansas City do? They fell behind huge in both of their home playoff games. They got yeah, behind Houston big to Houston. They yeah. got behind big to Tennessee. And then you brought it up again. They got behind big to the 49ers even in the Super Bowl. So yeah, they, they were down, what, 10 with seven, eight minutes left? So it just felt like with those games, before each game, hey, they can't afford to – you can't do this again. You can't keep digging yourself a hole. You can't keep getting down in these games. Well, they did, and they won a Super Bowl that way. And the 49ers, I think you, I think you made the point about giving up on the run game. Well – they, that can't happen against Kansas City. If you do that, you're going to lose. I, I will allow that Kansas City is better than both teams. The 49ers beat in the NFC playoffs, and their defense is better for sure than Detroit and Green Bay. But I think it would be ironic if Kyle Shanahan, who's synonymous with being the offensive coordinator in 16 with the Falcons and being the head coach when the 49ers lost in the Super Bowl in 2019 to the Chiefs, if that's their journey to a Super Bowl, where they fall behind in each game and actually find a way to come back and win each game. Because they've gambled in these two. They, they, they've been down in, in both. of they could, e they could have easily lost to Green Bay, and they should have lost to Detroit. They really have no business being in this game. Correct. And And, and so, like, here's the question for you as someone who is picking the Niners in this spot. And yes, they are favored. And obviously, you know, neither team is going to be a three-point favorite. It's a coin flip game. Either team can win. It's a Super Bowl. All of those qualifiers. They shouldn't be in the game. And, and Purdy threw what? Four picks against the Ravens. He was brutal against the Browns this year. And I don't know if you read Bill Barnwell's long Super Bowl preview, but he went back beyond this year and pulled the seven starts that he has against like top 10 uh, defenses. The Niners are four and three, but his QBR 
drops over 20 points from what his what his career QBR is, and everyone's drops against top 10 defenses, but it averages a drop of like four points. His drops by 20. Like he has not been good against good defenses this year in a small sample. Not that his whole career is a small sample or in his career. They, they have a winning record, but he himself has simply not been good. And the Chiefs defense is really damn good. It's that kind of research that made uh, Bill Barnwell your pick for football writer that you have to read. I got to read him. Week. He made I the read top him. five. And there was, you couldn't even come up with four more. It was just Barnwell, Barnwell. Neither can you. Barnwell, Barnwell. Yeah, I actually felt bad about that. The guy that I felt, not that he cares, but the person after we uh, did our Ask, uh, Ask Me Anything segment who I thought about, who I do like a lot, is Mike Sando. I like his column each week in The Athletic. I think he does a good job. He does like a five or six bullet point thing or five or six questions. I think it's very All right, well get back done. to how you're picking Purdy against a good defense. How am I picking Purdy against a good defense? I'm not picking Purdy against a good defense. I think you're it's a trick McCaffrey. question. I'm picking McCaffrey against a good defense. Absolutely. Uh, he should be winning MVP tonight. He's not because they haven't given the MVP award to a running back since 2012 with Adrian Peterson. And the guy needed to challenge the single season rushing record in order for them to do that. Um, I thought he was the best player in the NFL this season. Uh, most dynamic, most complete, a touchdown machine. And he seems healthy to me right now. So I'm picking them on the backs of him. And then the other one is, the other reason why I like him, uh, I just think Debo Samuel, with an extra week to get ready for this game, can be an X-factor player for San Francisco. And I don't think Kansas City has seen anybody quite like that in the playoffs this far. I know they saw Tyree Kill. I get that. He's an all-time great player and a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, but Diggs in Buffalo was compromised. And Baltimore doesn't have weapons like that offensively. So you've got to account for McCaffrey. You've got to account for uh, Samuel. Kittle uh, up the middle against their linebackers could be a problem in this game. Yeah, I just and Ayuk and Ayuk. Although you know you like the corners there, I see. I, I think the corners can do a good job on him, but Samuel is just so unconventional and outside the box that I trust Shanahan to find even unorthodox ways and new ways to make him a factor in this game. So look, but it's I mean, not a simple Kelsey with extra rest is a big factor too, though, man. Oh no doubt, absolutely. Um, and we'll get to some of the bets later. I want to I want to bring something up with him. But, you know, it's not as black and white. The thing that, and I think this is why, this is because it happened last Super Bowl. It's not as black and white as, well, the, the Chiefs have the better quarterback, so they're going to win. And I know you're not making that point because you're bringing up the coach and the number two defense in the league and other matchup problems that the Chiefs present for the 49ers. But I've just heard a lot of you can't bet against Mahomes. I've just heard a lot of that. You can't pick against Mahomes. Nick Foles beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Okay, that happened. A journeyman backup quarterback beat the quarterback, the greatest of all time, in an MVP season for him. When Russell Wilson was in his, what, second year? He beat Peyton Manning when they were the most prolific offense in the entire NFL that year. So it's it happens. It's not just... Well, Mahomes is so invincible in these games, you can't pick against him. You absolutely can. I bet if we went through all 57 Super Bowls, yeah, the better quarterback probably won more than he lost. But I bet it's like a 60-40 percentage, Danny, at best. Yeah. Um, I got something for this on the bets side of it, but the kicking situation... Moody has missed four kicks. His Buster's week. automatic in the playoffs. Very right. good point by you. Yep. Right. But I wonder, this is like a little galaxy brain thing. Shanahan has gotten crazy conservative. Conservative. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the end of that half against the Packers, where they ran five plays in 90 seconds, and one of them was a spike, and one of them was a field goal, when they had a couple of timeouts. Like that was That was crazy. Is it possible... Okay, 
My defense isn't good. I've got to keep up with Mahomes, and I don't trust my kicker. It's going to make Shanahan more aggressive because he doesn't trust his kicker. And the galaxy brain tank would be, it's a good thing for San Francisco that Moody isn't reliable because it's going to make Shanahan be a better play caller in game and not tighten up. I don't think Shanahan views Moody as the type of problem that we do on the outside. I think that's the issue with your take. Okay. I just don't see any evidence that he's eschewed field goals because there's a concern or fear with this or lack of trust like we saw with Campbell in the NFC Championship game from the Detroit side of things. That spiel by you just jogged my brain on something, though, in terms of maybe some like deeper kind of thinking that maybe is uh, a little bit far-fetched for people. Shouldn't Kansas City want the ball to start the game? They score on their... It's it's moving back in that direction after going very far to always deferring, and I was always a a big defer guy. Um, But they score on their opening drives all the time in the playoffs. We know that Reed is a mastermind at that. Yep. If, If you can create the situation where, all right, we're getting the ball at our own 25-yard line. And we've been working on all these plays with that in mind, in that exact situation. It's been such a successful endeavor for the Chiefs to begin games with touchdowns. If I'm them, I would want to just keep that going in this game because they've been such a good front-running team in these playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Set the tone, trust your offense, go with your scripted plays, don't risk getting pinned on a punt, all that stuff. I want the extra possession in the second half and the opportunity to score twice in a row. Personally, that that I I would I would win the toss and defer. I I don't I, I think that that's getting a little too cute for my liking. We're gonna do gambling at the end, but we want to talk some legacy stuff for coaches, key players. These games always affect legacies. Obviously, Super Bowls are rare things to accomplish and get into, I guess, except for all the guys on the Chiefs. But more first and pod after this. All right, back in on first and pod, Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. I think there's a pretty clear answer to this, Pony, even though obviously a Super Bowl matters for all these guys' legacy. It matters for Kelsey and Mahomes and Reed, and it matters for everybody. Who has the most to gain with a win on Sunday? Okay, so this goes for coaches too? Yeah, coaches and players. Yeah, everybody. I think it's Shanahan. Yep, yep. I think Kyle Shanahan is my answer because he's done everything else and I think he runs the risk of if he loses. Now, the thing he's got going for him in a way is that I could easily see a scenario in which uh, Brock Purdy just gets blamed for their loss if he... Uh, isn't clutch like he was in the last two playoff games. If he just, his numbers aren't there, if he turns the ball over, I think that'll be an easy thing for the media to do to just say, well, they they tried Mr. Irrelevant and this is why they uh, recognized with Jimmy Garoppolo that they needed to bring in a higher level quarterback because that guy can only take you so far and the other team has Mahomes and they didn't and there you go. But uh, I think for his status as an all-time coach, not just like where he ranks among contemporary coaches, but at some point, he's 44 years old now, he's got to finish the job. And I think that the way we go, we love to build people up to tear him down. He's going to quickly become one of these coaches and one of these personalities in sports who we, who we stop saying complimentary things about and start ripping them for never having won the big game. And I think if he if he loses this game on top of the last Super Bowl with the 10 point lead and then what happened as he was a, when he was a coordinator in Atlanta, I think that gets put back in his face. I might do some of that depending on how the game goes. So my answer is Kyle Shanahan right now. Mine as well. I think I think that's the right answer. Uh if you if you lose 28 to 3 And I didn't even know you were going to ask me that. Just so people know that. That was off the top of my head. Yeah, that was just my knee-jerk gut reaction to your question. Listen, I, I think I think if you're the coordinator of the team that loses twenty-eight to three, 
and then you're the head coach of the team that is up 10 with seven minutes left in the Super Bowl, and then you lose another Super Bowl when you're the favorite, it sticks to you. Purdy throws three interceptions. You're right. People will blame him. And that's why he's the he's the one B answer. If Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, and the winning team, the quarterback often wins MVP. Now, obviously, he could win with 15 pass attempts and they control the game on the ground and McCaffrey gets it. And sure, there's a scenario. But if this is a game where he throws for 250 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and there's no Kindle Vildor off the face mask completion, 51-yard prayers. Like, if he's legit good in elevating guys and leading guys for runs after catch and threading the needle and converting on third down and that sort of thing, it won't matter what any of us say. I mean, the guy's making 900 grand this year. He'll get a massive contract, and he will be their starter. I don't know that he'll get the contract this offseason, but they will hitch their wagon to Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, Brock Purdy, if he's the reason they win the game. So I think it's Shanahan, but Purdy's number two. Okay, so that, like, you twisted that in a way that makes it hard for me to argue against you. If, Thank you. If, if, if it's, he's got a lot to gain because the 49ers are going to have faith in him and reward him with a contract if he's the reason why they win. I have a hard time based on what teams typically do in these situations. I mean, I don't think they're going to treat him like Trent Dilfer and dump him for an Elvis Gerback after winning a Super Bowl. So in that respect, I think you're right. But I think, Danny, I think that's probably true even if they lose. Like, just based on the way Kyle Shanahan talked about Brock Purdy this week when it sounded like he had a couple drinks in his system at uh, opening night. I don't know if you saw any of that. Do you agree with me? Yeah, it looked looked like he was enjoying his time and not taking the media stuff very seriously. Yeah, I agree. And the media wasn't taking itself very seriously. They were asking Brock Purdy if he looked like Lee Harvey Oswald, which, by the way, I think he does. Yeah. And uh, I've not done a lot of Kennedy assassination conspiracy theory stuff. But when that came up this week, I've now been inundated with people's theories. And I have to say, they make a very compelling argument that it was not one guy. I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm starting to think maybe this Oswald guy, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not convinced he did it now. Let me just put it that way. Okay. Well, I think he probably did it, but. um... Alone? No, I think he had some backing from, you know, the mob. Maybe (laughs) Cuban. Um, I think he's going to get the contract either way, but as far as like the most, you think, game, if he throws, you think if he throws three interceptions, okay, well, yeah. All right. So if you got to give he plays like he did against Baltimore. Okay. If that happens, then I don't think that he'll get it. And then what I've said several times and Spencer just get, put it in our chat about how I've said, maybe Russell Wilson is their quarterback next year or somebody like that in that exact scenario where he has a Kerry Collins against the Giants game, against the Ravens game, excuse me, or Rich Gannon against the Bucks, and it's or Neil O'Donnell against the Cowboys. Yeah. If he has a game like that, then I do think all bets are off. I do think he could potentially lose his job at some point, either this offseason or next year. Um But the reason why I I didn't want to answer him as the guy that is most to gain is because if they win, I think the court of public opinion is still not going to be convinced. If if he has a Super Bowl performance that looks like his two NFC playoff games, but the 49ers find a way to win the game, he's going to get treated like uh, Brad Johnson in Tampa Bay or somebody like that who we're going to need to see unless he has like some great breathtaking drive where they go 80 yards to win a Super Bowl like Roethlisberger or Brady or something or Eli Manning or something like that at the end. I think if he just has an average game where he makes enough plays and they barely win, I think the system quarterback thing is still going to be thrown back in his face by people like you and me. 
and probably rightfully so. Yeah. I I know I I agree, but when you're making 900 grand and you're Mr. Irrelevant, if you win a Super Bowl and you win it because of you, you got a lot to gain. On on the Chiefs side, it's fascinating because even though I think like the the Brady stuff is premature and just like one of the I don't think it's a top 10 most interesting thing about this. Well, did you text Nick about that, by the way? Did you get yeah, on Nick course. a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, it still matters for all of them because at any given moment, it could be their last, right? Marino gets there early, never gets back. We know that this could happen, so we should never take it for granted. But if the Chiefs win three Super Bowls in five years, it's them, the Steel Curtain, the 90s Cowboys, and the Patriots twice. So it's an all-time run. It helps Kelsey in the all-time tight end debate for who's the GOAT with Gronk. It, I mean, reads a first ballot Hall of Famer, but Belichick's retired. He gets wow. another ring after it's six AFC championship games with the Chiefs. Five NFC Championship games with the Eagles, three rings, already second all-time in postseason wins. I mean, it's massive for him. And Mahomes, you don't you don't want to even entertain the possibility of having some sort of like LeBron at, like knock against you, which I don't think is a fair knock. But you don't want people to be saying, "Well, he also lost a bunch of Super Bowls." Which, again, it's more impressive to get there, and I don't think it's fair. But you want to maintain a winning record in the Super Bowl. So it's big for all of them. I just think they're all such made men compared to Shanahan never has one. Purdy, very, you know, doubted, rightfully so, that there's more on the line legacy-wise for the Niners than the Chiefs. But it's still as big for the Chiefs because it's a big game. I think of it through the context of like, who are the guys on the Chiefs roster who would be greatly aided or helped by an extra Super Bowl when it comes to uh, making or missing out on the Hall of Fame? And the two guys who jump into, who pop into my head with that, and it's early in one guy's career and not so much the other, but Chris Jones and Creed Humphrey. Like when you win a lot of Super Bowls or go to a lot of Super Bowls, you put a ton of dudes into the Hall of Fame. Those teams get a lot of Hall of Famers. I mean, even the Bills, who lost four, didn't win one. Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed, Bruce Smith, um, uh, James Lofton was on one of those teams. Marv Levy, the coach is in. Uh, Steve Tasker is a special teams guy who's who's like a finalist all the time. You get a lot of guys in when you go to these games. And we know that Kelsey and uh, Mahomes and Reed are going to be lionized forever as all-time great players. But I think Jones has a borderline resume. And I think Humphrey is building one. And you give multiple Super Bowl titles to that resume. And I think it's enough to push both of those guys across the finish line when it's all said and done, Danny. Well, Creed Humphrey, I mean, he's so early in his career that that's that's not a name that I was expecting you to say. But Chris Jones, I agree. I mean, Chris Jones is going to get paid again this offseason. He's 30. He's still a dominant player. But I could easily see him doing a Devontae Adams type of thing where he gives up winning for maximum money and security. And this is the last big game we ever see him play in. So Creed Humphrey, it, that you might end up being right, but I think that we're 10 years away on, on that. Sure, one. but I'm saying those positions, they don't have stats for it. So all right, pros and if, and if and you're Super Mahomes' Bowls. center, if you're Mahomes' center for a decade and yeah. you have three or four rings on your finger, you got you got a shot at going in. That that is that is absolutely true. Or take a timeout. We'll be back after this on First and Pod, and we will see if we can make some money on the Super Bowl. All right, welcome back in, First and Pod. Give us a five-star review. You know the drill. All right, so I know we're opposite each other on who is going to win the game. So it's going to be tough for us to find 
commonality, but that's in normal circumstances. Not in the Super Bowl. We can find props. We can find props that we like. Do you want to start? Yeah, because it's one that uh, backs up the Chiefs winning. It's not a sophisticated or uh, one of these crazy props where you have to, uh, you know, find some kind of uh, combination or, you know, there's all kinds of just uh, the sports books do such a good job of giving you just a, a cheesecake factory sized a menu of things to bet on for this game, even more so than, than the typical game by far. I found out something today that as someone that works in this business and cares about this stuff as much as I do, I learned about it and I'm like, wow, I'm a freaking idiot for not knowing that until now. And I made a bet without this knowledge that actually was like uh, an ignorant bet by me that ended up, I think right now, looking even better. Did you know that the fans are now part of the MVP vote? 20% um, of the MVP vote is fan percent? 20% is now fan voting. 20%. Kelsey. 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 And there's already Reddit stuff out there, message board stuff about Taylor Swift fans being told this is how you do it. This is how you cast votes for Kelsey. He's down he's, to 14, he's down to 14 to 1. And he opened at 17 to 1. So people are on this. Uh, I said it last week on the pod. I think there's a lifetime achievement award to this as well. I think there's also potentially, unless he just is in, incredible. I think that there's a little bit of Mahomes fatigue to to take into account too. Uh, Montana won two MVPs, and then the third time they won, they gave it to Rice. Brady won two MVPs, had a good game against Philly, but they gave it to Dion Branch. We, that happens, and yeah, I, think, I heard I heard uh, I heard Nick say uh, this week. Nick Wright say that uh, Mahomes would be the first guy ever to win three straight Super Bowl MVPs. And obviously, he lost the Super Bowl and didn't win the MVP. But yeah, in in Super Bowls that he won, he'd be the first guy ever to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good job by Nick. So that's what that's why I think Kelsey. We know he's a big game player. We know he's a playoff performer. I also think the people that are there who aren't uh, media voting on this would would want to be a part of something uh, unique like this where he wins. No tight end has won the Super Bowl MVP award before. So I just think it's, I don't think that there's value there per se because so many people have bet it. But I like his chances to win the Super Bowl MVP if it's not Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. The only thing that's tough about it is if you think the game, if the Chiefs are going to score a bunch of points, he's got to have three touchdowns. I mean, maybe it's a hundred yard game with two touchdowns. And like What's your definition on a lot of points? I'm, I'm interested in that. Like, what would you consider to be a lot of points? Well, I mean, the total in the game is 47 and a half, but I, th- I think if the, like 30 for the Chiefs would be a lot of points. That, that, that'd be a high scoring game for them, which is where I wanted to go. If Purdy, if the horseshoe comes, you know, if it falls out of his keister and these interceptable passes that you and I have talked about for two years on this pod, if it, it's a big game, it's a big spotlight, there's a ton of pressure, his numbers against good defenses, all of those things. Mahomes doesn't turn the ball over. He's got the consecutive games in the postseason streak without the interception right now. If you give Mahomes two extra possessions, okay. let's say, this could be a blowout. Chiefs minus nine and a half is plus 390. Chiefs minus 13 and a half is plus 600. I like both of those. You're telling me it's completely beyond the realm of possibility that this game's 31-17 Chiefs? No, I don't think it is. 31-17 pays 6-1 to one on the Chiefs. I, I like that a lot. 
and you and you're betting on Niners defense continuing to be what it's been, Purdy getting the luck that he deserves, and Mahomes being Mahomes. None of those things feel that outlandish in the game. So I will be on the Chiefs on both of those numbers. So for the, the last double, time for the, for the double digit win for the yeah. touchdown win. Yeah. So the last time we had a blowout in the Super Bowl, it was because uh the Chiefs could not block the Buccaneers. Yep. Uh I don't think that that I don't think it could play out that way. Like I don't think I Purdy I think is going to need to have self-inflicted wounds. I don't see Kansas City and he can, and he could. I mean, he's gotten good turnover luck. I don't see the 49ers offensive line wilting to the pressure by the Chiefs defensive front. I don't. I know that's happened a little bit in the last two games with Baltimore's offensive line, especially with Spagnolo's blitzes. Uh, that part of the equation would stun me if Spagnolo is such a wizard that, like, it flusters Shanahan, their blocking assignments and blocking schemes are all thrown off, and there's free guys on Purdy, and he's getting hit and knocked around, and he's turning the ball over be- because he's not getting protected well enough. You know, like that would be, yeah. that would be a surprise to me. But you know, him having jitters early in this game and turning the ball over—how could you rule that out based on what we've seen from him in the playoffs? Uh, he's needed to warm to games. One was a bad weather game. The other was just Detroit came out and punched the 49ers in the mouth right off the bat. And I think they were stunned by it. So I can't completely rule that out, Danny. I mean, I'm picking San Francisco, but the thought has crossed my mind that there could be a blowout. And this is going to sound so weird, but I like the 49ers to win. But if you told me a team was going to get blown out, I would probably pick San Francisco to be the team on the wrong end of things. I, I, it, that does sound weird, but it's hard to see Mahomes getting blown out in a game where his offensive line isn't terrible. And I just don't have faith in San Francisco's defensive line. Correct. To get the kind of consistent pressure to make something like that happen. The player prop that I like is Kittle at 47 and a half. It might be up a little bit more than that receiving yards. He had a very quiet NFC championship game. Um, So I think there's value there because of it, because he's not coming off a strong game. And I think that's where the 49ers can attack the Chiefs defensively is that you can find those matchups for Kittle against Kansas City linebackers and safeties. The corners have been so good. I just think that that's an easy pitch and catch type of setup potentially for Purdy where he throws the ball. I mean, Kittle's very reliable. He throws it to him four times in this game. I think you go over that number. That's one per quarter. You know, that's probably one. Maybe they have 10 drives in this game. I mean. That's that's one every other drive where he gets the ball thrown his way. I, I I like that from him. I think that I think that everyone's talking about Kelsey, but I I believe Kittle can be a threat in this game. So that would be my pick for a prop. I don't hate it. He hasn't been great in the postseason in his career, but there's good nothing about. Green- Say again. He was good against Green Bay. Right. But but none none of that like I, sure th- that stuff is like like he hasn't been great in his career but like there's no there's zero per- part of me that's like George Kittle's not a big game player or not a postseason player I right. think that's more circumstance than reality. Everybody seems to love the Mahomes rushing yardage prop. Oh my God, tell me about it. If I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody act like they were the smartest person on planet Earth who brought that up to me, like, hey, did you know that he runs more in the playoffs? Yeah, idiot. I watch every game because it's my job and I'm like obviously addicted to football. Yes. And I think the right. odds makers know that too and the number is inflated now. Right. Well, so that that's what I'm a little confused about. Everybody loves it. The number's 26 and a half. He ran for six times. He ran six times in the AFC Championship game. Didn't go over that number. Ran six times in the divisional round against Buffalo 
didn't go over that number and ran only twice against Miami, but did go over that number. How many rushing yards did he have in the Baltimore game? He had 15. Yeah. Like, I got to be honest with you, though. Here's the thing about this bet, though. I'm not going to make it, but if somebody came to me and said, hey, you see that baby in that room, Stella? Her life depends on you getting this pick right. Are you going over or under 26 and a half yards? Guess what? I'm still going over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am, dude. I yeah, am I mean, just because I see him when all else fails, he takes off and goes. And that could be one play or two plays with him. Kneel downs would scare me. Yeah, I know. It's a, it, it, there's there's absolutely a sucker bet component to that. I'm, I'm just I'm just surprised that 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 is an inflated number for him based on what he does and what he does in the playoffs. And everyone's talking about like that is like a mortal lock of a of a wager. And I just I don't I don't really get it. Purdy's number is 12 and a half. I would go under that. I think it was an outlier what he did in the last game. I you think don't he's think mostly a pocket might, passer. You don't think it's something he might rely on now? No. I think it was just a one-time thing. I'd have to see it more. I think that that's an overreaction. I think that that's just people looking at one game and going he gaga. He did go over, over that number against Green Bay, though. So it is two all the, games. All, of- the more, all the more reason for me to want to go under on it. Yeah. it's It is two games in a row that he went over it. Uh, but then but the last six games of the regular season, he didn't. He had a 57-yard rushing game against yep. Cincinnati this year. Talk yeah, about I now. forgot about that. They lost that game. Yeah, talk um, about Danny, this is obviously a huge time of year for us, the Super Bowl. I love it. I'm the type of person that is watching the old highlight videos back in old games. I also, two people, I think spoke my love language this week. Nick, right, our friend, when he said that Bomani Jones and others were at his house to watch the AFC Championship game, and he turned the volume up on them when they were talking about things that weren't the game. Yeah. And then when Chris Mad Dog Russo said he doesn't like going to Super Bowl parties because people talk about things that aren't the game, both of those, like, I think I sometimes think I'm a crazy person, but hearing a friend and then a well-respected uh, Titan in this business sound just like me made me feel better about myself. Um, but I, I I didn't want this podcast to end without me congratulating you. Uh, there's a sports media poll that comes out every year that's picked by radio executives and program directors. And you guys had the second rated uh, afternoon show against just the biggest shows in the entire uh, industry. And a lot of these shows have been together for much longer than than you and Spiegel at 610 Sports in Chicago. So that is a, or 670 the score, sorry. I don't know why I said 610, thinking of your old, old gig. 670 the score. So I did not want to, this show to end without acknowledging that. And also, I didn't want the show to end without me saying congratulations to all those ex-Bears that got into the Hall of Fame. Steve McMichael included. I know he's going through an ALS battle. My stepmother died of ALS, so that's a very uh, personal thing for me. It just, it's sickening the way that that just completely uh, causes your body to deteriorate while your brain is still intact and you don't lose that function. So I saw that he got in earlier Thursday and that's pretty cool that all those bears, you'll, you probably know some of those guys that they got. Yeah. uh, I mean, well, like, listen, I mean, yeah, that was very nice of you. Um, And of course I know you, so congratulations to you on being number one. On uh, the uh, the mid market list on the same polling at Barrett Sports Media, so you're number one. And I will also say, because I said this to Carrington as well, uh, our good friend Carrington Harrison at Six Ten Sports Radio, because he was number three on the mid market list. It's complete BS that you guys are mid market, and San Diego is considered major market. No one in the world would argue that doing afternoons in San Diego is a better job than doing afternoons in Pittsburgh or Kansas City. Now, maybe based on the weather. I was just going to say, if I told my wife, hey, the station in San Diego is interested in me, I think she'd say, well, okay, keep them on the phone. What are they offering? Are they going to fly us out there and wine and dine us? But yeah, I get what you're saying. For for sports cities, you want to do the job where the people care and the sports matters. 
New York, Boston, Philly, Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, Minneapolis, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, San Francisco, San Francisco, Dallas, Dallas, Those are the places. Yep. That that that's that's the ten. You know what I mean? Like that's the those are the, the the real places where it's competitive, where the fans are crazy passionate. Uh, so you're, you're not number one on mid market or whatever, but everyone in the industry knows that you're as good as anybody in like the quote unquote big cities. And uh, yeah, the Hall of Fame thing was cool, man. I mean, Hester until Justin Fields came along, Devin Hester was the most exciting bear with a ball in his hand in my lifetime. When they would crank Soldier Boy and he was standing back there waiting for those punt returns, it was incredible um i know julius peppers is the third bear who got in but he i mean he was, i don't he, think of him as a bear i think of him right. as a carolina panther right he was he was good as a bear he played in big games as a bear but he didn't really play well in the big games he he missed rogers in the uh nfc championship game he could have gotten down for a sack at the end that was brutal but um i mean hester is a very important bear in my lifetime and mongo uh steve mcmichael on arguably the biggest personality team in NFL history, the 85 Bears, the team with Ditka and the influence and the Super Bowl shuffle and the punky QB, Jim McMahon, he was arguably the biggest personality on the biggest personality team. I mean, a, a complete larger-than-life figure. So it's awesome that he's alive when he gets into the Hall of Fame and that it, uh, his family knows that he's aware that it happened. But... Yeah, man, enjoy the game. And I listen, I my buddies were talking about like, are we doing a Super Bowl party? But we have so many kids that we all were just like, you know what? It's better to not do a Super Bowl party because then we just deal with like our own chaos at our house, as opposed to if you get 10 friends together and there's 16 kids, inevitably you have to deal with everybody's chaos. And it's it's distracting. So yeah, we're it'll just be me, Steph, and the boys uh, at the house for the game. Well, we'll be going on after the game on the uh, Score YouTube page, and then obviously the podcast will come out the next morning. So look forward to it, Danny. Yep. Thank you to Spencer Ray, our producer. Tell a friend. It's been fun. We will be on probably not right when the game ends. I think we're going to watch the uh, award ceremony. After the game, see who gets MVP. But as soon as the MVP is crowned, we will go live with uh, First and Pod. Tell a friend. Peace.